0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Holly Edgel. When St. Louis and Allison Thompson watched the Loving Generation documentary, she instantly felt heard and affirmed in her identity of being born to one black and one white parent. It also prompted her to start Mixed Feelings, a group for multiracial people seeking community among other multiracial and multi-ethnic individuals. This happens through curated meetups and events. The group returns from hiatus in a couple of weeks. St. Louis on the air producer Lara Hamden recently sat down with Mixed Feelings founder Allison Thompson. She began by asking Thompson when it was that she became aware of her identity. I think I had always been aware that I was mixed because it
1: was fairly obvious to me that my mom and dad looked different. Um, I think it became really important to me and affected my life more when I started middle school, mm-hmm. and so there were kind of all of the other, you know, problems that come up in middle school where everybody's trying to figure out who they are and who they're hanging out with, and you're going through puberty and all of those things. And I think for me growing up in the South in particular as well, I grew up in uh, Georgia at the time is where I was going to elementary school and middle school. Um, It was a pretty diverse school outside of Atlanta, um, but there was a lot of, like, kind of, like, self-segregation of, like, kind of, like, similar ethnicities or races of kids, like, hanging out with each other, and there definitely was some mixture, but it, for me, it was kind of another category that I had to choose of, like, who am I going to hang out with, how am I going to identify, and... So initially I was just like, well, I look black on the outside. Like I'm aware that my mom is white, but I'm gonna start hanging out with the black kids. And I kind of quickly noticed that I was different from a lot of other black kids and started to notice like my skin tone was different. And that was like kind of uh, a problem for some people or like a point of interest for others and kind of always kept being brought up or like my hair, the way that I spoke, things like that and so I kind of felt on the outside a bit and a bit like I didn't belong and was still figuring that out, I was still young like I didn't have race theory (laughs) studied or understood colorism at the time or anything like that. Um, And kind of started hanging out with a lot of white kids um, as well and just kind of felt like I was hopping around and uh, didn't quite feel like anywhere I kind of fully belonged until I would maybe come across a a mixed kid and was like, oh, we get each other, and those Mm -hmm. would sort of be moments of like, I feel seen and affirmed, Mm -hmm. and everywhere else, you're like, okay, we're friends, but you also keep pointing out like all the ways that I'm different a Mm -hmm. lot, and that kind of affects you over time.
2: When was that point then when you sort of did become more intellectually aware of what your identity meant?
1: I think in in high school, it started to hit me that, wow, a lot of my life, I've grown up in a lot of predominantly white spaces, whether it was churches or schools or neighborhoods or things like that. And there's just something in me that kind of, because every once in a while, I would have a moment of like remembering Oh, my family looks different, or like I look different. You kind of just like get in survival mode for a long time, um, and you kind of step outside of yourself and your experience, and are like, "Oh, I'm the only black person at this wedding," or like, "My family's the only like family of color at this event or in this space." Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of started to happen more and more and then I started to bring it up to other people and notice like they were uncomfortable by me talking about it and so kind of like s- didn't bring it up a lot and I was trying to just kind of like survive in those spaces but I was doing a lot of suppression over my over my life and I think I started to get tired of it and notice that it was affecting me um, and when I went to college um, In undergrad, I eventually um, chose sociology and global studies as my major and minor. And even just studying, you know, sociology and racial theory, and hearing about the word colorism and those sorts of things was like, oh! And I kind of was able to to see my life in a different way and had language for the experiences that I had, and that really started the major process of a lot of unpacking my experience, my identity, really digging into who am I as a multiracial person, what do I claim, how do I identify.
2: And so what led you to start Mixed Feelings?
1: There was a a documentary that came out last year um, sort of memorializing, celebrating, recognizing the 50th anniversary of Loving um, versus Virginia, which basically made it legal for interracial couples to be married, for um, mixed kids to be born um, to exist. And so um, they were basically talking about different aspects of life and just the topics that they talked about, I felt really seen and affirmed in my experience and realized I haven't gotten to have these conversations a lot and I wasn't able to talk back to them but I was just like I hear you and I'm just like I'm really thankful that you're saying these things and there was one point where um, one of the people that was being interviewed um, talked about being in college and was um, all of a sudden aware that he was standing in a group of mixed people talking about their experiences and he said I'd never been in a group of mixed people before and that mm. statement in particular really hit me and kind of sparked this idea of wait I've never been in a group of mixed people before mm. but I do I do know many multiracial, racial multi-ethnic mixed people in my life all I have to do is just say hey all of you come to this one place, and we can like share our stories, talk about our experiences, our lives, and basically have this experience that all of us were having and watching this film. Because I was reaching out to different people, saying, "Hey, have you heard of this documentary?" And all of them felt, even though not all of them identified with the mixtures that people were in the documentary, there was so much resonance um, that they hadn't been able to to have with. The peop- most of the people in their lives.
2: Can you elaborate a little bit more on why you called it mixed feelings?
1: Uh, yeah, it's sort of a, a play on words, obviously, mm-hmm. being mixed. And I think that we all have a lot of feelings about yeah. it. And a lot of them can be defined as mixed feelings. I think because our conversations about race in this country are really difficult to have, like we don't really, race as a social construction is kind of constantly shifting and changing for different people's preferences and whoever's in in power kind of has a say over how we're talking about race. And it's been such a, a heavy and intense topic, especially lately in our country we live in this very binary society where everything is literally black and white and there isn't room for nuanced conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of people struggle with how do I identify in this multitude of who I am? Do I pick and choose? And so there is a kind of a lot of people that say like, yeah, I do have mixed feelings about Mm -hmm. like how I identify how I exist in this world. Um, And so I thought it was kind of a fun Yeah. Uh, Fun name to pick. I almost called it Mixology, but I didn't want people to get confused about (laughs) it being some sort of (laughs) alcohol event or something.
2: (laughs) Well, Mixed Feelings really does, I think, hit the nail on Mm -hmm. the spot. But um, when did you start it?
1: Um, So I started it early last year, and it really was just kind of reaching out to friends and saying, "Hey, come meet up in this space and like let's talk, let's introduce ourselves." So a lot of people that came initially, I knew most of them or they were friends of friends. And really how it started was I just put it out there on social media like, "Hey, I just saw these films. I have this idea. Does anybody else resonate? Has anybody else seen this? Does anybody else want to have this this kind of meetup with this, like help anybody and people that were multiracial or like people that had friends that were, they're like, you should totally run with this. This would be really amazing. And yeah, so we just started having a few meetups and people really latched onto it. And it, the word really got out there. And so I kind of paused it for a bit of like, okay, this isn't just like friends meeting up in a living room anymore. Like this could really become something. And so I paused it for, for a good bit and then had been working on just developing like what I wanted it to become and getting a good foundation to it. And
2: now it's back on track? So
1: I'm going to be relaunching it um, Mm. in June. I haven't picked the date yet, um, but it will be announced shortly. It'll either be um, mid or end of June. Um, So it'll be relaunched into um, various kinds of events. So not just discussion-based meetups, but really centering on community building in various ways through private meetups, whether that's discussion-based meetups or low-key parties or um, film screenings, things like that, because I know not everybody wants to show up to a space and be super vulnerable with mm-hmm. strangers and talk about their stories. And, and even in the discussion meetups, people are free to just come and listen. Um, that doesn't always happen. Usually people eventually do jump in because they're like, whoa, mm-hmm. like me too, and people kind of hop on. But it's really just for people to be there, to listen, to share as they feel comfortable
2: what's been the experience like for people attending this group and also what kind of backgrounds do they come from?
1: It's really fascinating at the the meetups. Folks may be shy at the beginning or you're kind of figuring out how's the conversation going to go and really once you get one or two people started, other folks will will begin to see a piece of their story reflected in somebody else and there's a lot of like piggybacking or like expanding on on different topics even again if people come from different backgrounds of mixture and there's kind of all all types of of mixture there there are folks that are Mexican and black or black and white or kind of even more than that like maybe they're Native American and black and white or Um, Some folks are Korean and white. And, yeah, and and I think just for me, I kind of grew up knowing a lot of, like, black and white mixed folks. And so to kind of have people that are mixed with things that aren't just mixed with white, Mm -hmm. um, that was fascinating because that, I think, helps you to see your your story in a different Mm -hmm. way. And there are people that maybe like white passing and some of those folks asked if they're allowed to come, Mm -hmm. but they're like half Mexican as well. And it's like, of course you can come and we should Mm -hmm. definitely talk about that and like why you don't feel that you can like identify with that aspect of yourself Mm -hmm. or like identify or come to a space with other mixed folks. In
2: your Facebook description for why you put this together, you had wrote that even when people have different mixtures, many of the frustrations and quirks are similar. What are some of those quirks and similarities?
1: Yeah, a big thing is other people's interactions with us can be some people, well, a lot of people ask, what are you? If you Mm. look racially ambiguous, Mm -hmm. and that's sort of a, a weird question to answer. It doesn't, It kind of sounds dehumanizing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we all understand like why people ask that. But I think that's a really common encounter is just dealing with other people's what either it's awkwardness or just blatant racism Mm -hmm. um, about our existence and kind of all of the weird questions and interactions that come from that. Um, There is the experience of dealing with the other box. Um, mm-hmm. and like standardized tests or census or different things like that, where, um, for a long time, for a lot of us growing up, depending on our age, um, we didn't get to choose kind of all of the, all of our, uh, ancestry or the, the mixtures that we were, we kind of had to choose one and eventually you were able to check the other box, which felt really weird because it didn't reflect who you were at all it was just other and sometimes you could fill in the blank so if you bring up the other box to mix folks they're like oh yeah I remember that and Mm -hmm. kind of reflecting on those things yeah so I think that those are really big ones
2: yeah in In your personal spheres like is it is there ever pressure to relate to one side more to one side than the other
1: yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I know for a lot of folks that are mixed with black, it's a pretty like common thing for people to just feel pressure to just identify as black. I know, especially early on, right after like Loving versus Virginia was passed, it was like definitely a a political act to to identify as black and to be a black person in this world and not sort of. Let yourself maybe be diluted mm-hmm. by by whiteness or whatever else you were you were mixed with, mm-hmm. um, and to be proud of that blackness. I think at a time when, and I mean we still are, um, just when blackness it was really, um, yeah, looked down on, and there were um, there was so much hurt and shame and pain around that. Um, and so I think I. Um, For a lot of people though, I think that's the other common thing that you'll hear in conversation is I'm not something enough, whatever they're mixed Mm -hmm. with. Um, Because they're mixed with something else, um, however they, whatever group that they wanna identify with, um, it can be internalized, it could be a projected thing, or it could be something that people are actually saying to them that, They basically need to prove themselves as being, you know, black enough or Mexican enough or whatever it is, um, because it's sort of seen as like if you're mixed with something, you're half of that or Mm -hmm. you're only part of that instead of being fully all of those things and being able to be a part of all of those groups simultaneously.
0: That's Mixed Feelings founder and organizer Allison Thompson talking with St. Louis on the Air producer Laura Hamden. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back to continue this conversation in just a moment. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. And welcome back. For those now joining the conversation, we're talking with Alison Thompson, founder and organizer of Mixed Feelings. St. Louis on the Air producer, Lara Hamden, Ask Thompson how she feels looking back at the impact of the Loving versus Virginia Supreme Court case that deemed criminalization of interracial relationships unconstitutional.
1: It, ha- I mean, it hasn't been a long time. And so I think it actually does have a lot to say if we sort of, if we're talking about racial progress to remember that was only 50 years ago. And so that is actually a really big problem that it was so recent. And when we're when we're talking about racial progress it's important to also not say that mixed people are the solution to racism or that we're post-racial because um, interracial couples are able to be together and mixed kids are able to exist because we don't want to say that basically erasing races is is a sign of success or racial ambiguity is a sign of, su- of success because when you kind of look at other parts of the world as well, mixing people together to basically breed multiracial children was used as a way to erase particularly mm-hmm. black folks in a lot of parts of the world where there were a lot of um, enslaved people And so we have to be careful about that and also the the fetishizing mm-hmm. of um, of mixed babies and kids and that they're they're more beautiful than just regular old you know mm-hmm. not yeah. mixed people. And also again to kind of remember that it has been, legal, you know, for 50 years, but our existence has been around since the beginning. And so I think it is important in terms of the the safety and the affirming of our existence. I think that that was really huge and really important. and And I think for me, it's kind of a lot of like ancestral work too of just thinking about all of the mixed folks or interracial couples that had to, to hide who they were or were in danger or didn't get to, to exist in public or in safety or were cut off from their families in a lot of ways that didn't have fathers or mothers, mm-hmm. didn't get to have a whole family. Um, and so that's the space that I wanted to create is like, yeah, we are allowed to exist in this world, and I don't want us to just talk about our our negative and hard experiences. That's a big part of it, but I want us to to celebrate what that means and to really be a part of of actively pushing a nuanced conversation around race forward in these private spaces and mm-hmm. in public too.
2: Where do you hope to take mixed feelings?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so many directions it it can go in, but I. I really just wanna keep doing these events, um, really keep building community um, and helping people to really feel strong in the ways that they identify however they choose to do that and that they heal through Um, through just being in community, whatever that looks like, whether it's the community that we have around a dance party or a storytelling event or sitting around talking to each other, whatever these events become, um, I really just want to give people space to heal and space to become and that they don't have to arrive at an identity, that they realize that they can evolve, that they can not identify as anything specifically um but really even just grappling with what they experienced in their lives and and healing from that and feeling affirmed and making friends with people and i really want people who don't identify in those ways to really um begin to understand and be educated about not just the ways that they're interacting with mixed folks but um But, yeah, just when they think about having families or employing folks or just being in conversations, um, just talking about race in general, that it will help to give them language. And also, I mean, I'm all for people being in interracial relationships and having mixed kids, um, but I really want them to consider to do a lot of work on themselves individually around race and racial bias and racism um, and how to intentionally raise their children to, to think about their identity, to think about race and um, the impact that it has on each of us. And mm-hmm. I think for a lot of us, our parents kind of entered into relationships of like, I just love this person and I'm gonna do it and a lot of their parents are like, Don't do this or a lot of a lot of them, you know, were disowned by their families for making those choices and it mm-hmm. was kind of an act of rebellion or I love this person and, and for some people it was a way to like solve racism mm-hmm. and there wasn't a lot of work beyond that. I can't speak for everybody's individual experiences, but for a lot of kids they didn't have intentional conversations about race. Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't, uh, neither of their parents understood them. Um, and I know for, for me, my parents actually didn't bring it up until a couple years ago. And, wow. you know, I'm 28 years old, almost 29. And um, it's important, really, to, to kind of actively. Um, and intentionally have these conversations with your kids and make them feel safe to, to have these conversations, to, to talk about their experiences at school that were really difficult. A lot of kids um, are bullied even still. I have um, parents and aunts and uncles that approach me about their kids being in middle school and being bullied or really struggling and of course I really resonate with that as I said earlier it's middle school for a lot of people is when it when it really hits them Mm -hmm. when they have to start thinking about these things a lot.
2: For those who um, identify as mixed race that want to keep up with this support group where can Mm -hmm. they find more information about that?
1: Um, so, I'm, we're primarily on Instagram. Um, the handle is Mixed Feelings STL. Um, we do have a, fri- a private um, Facebook discussion group, um, and then eventually a public um, Facebook group where people can find out more about us. And then, for people who aren't on social media, we'll have um, Eventbrite events um, when things are open to the public. Um, and then I'm hoping to eventually launch a website for it as well with resources and event updates um, and all those sorts of things.
2: And for now, people can start looking forward to learning more next month, June? Yes, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: So um, that will be announced on social media and Eventbrite as well. Um, You can also find my personal tag at Allison, A-L-Y-S-O-N, Thompson, um, and I'll be posting about it on my page, too. I know that it can be intimidating for folks to come to a group of people that they have never met before, and primarily with discussion-based meetups, that can be scary in a space of vulnerability. Um, and so I just want to offer myself as a person for people to, to reach out to um meet up with for coffee or drinks or a walk in the park, um, just to have somebody else that um, that shares that experience and can kind of go from there, moving into these more group events. Um, so I'm happy to to chat with people about that. Um, obviously, I don't have all the time in the world or all the capacity, um, but I'm happy to to chat with folks and see if that would be something that would be helpful. Um, as they kind of ease into these events Um, and these events are are really low-key and safe and um, we'll be covering different topics in our discussion meetups there'll be topics on um, the storytelling events as well Um, and so initially we're just going to be introducing ourselves to each other meeting each other really trying to to know each other's names and things like that. And then we'll kind of dig deeper into various topics like family and school and um, dating relationships, um, kids, workplace, just kind of whatever we're noticing keeps coming up in conversation um, that people wanna dig deeper into. Um, so I think that that's an important thing to know about too and so when we announce the events we'll announce like this is what we're going to be talking about and obviously there's so much overlap like you can't just stick with a a certain topic but just to kind of give some guidance to the conversation mm -hmm. Um, and again just acknowledging not everybody wants to show up to that space and that's not the only way to build community so if people don't feel comfortable um, with that, we'll have um, more low key, like kickback events and mm-hmm. and things like that. So I'm hoping to call one of them mixology, just <laughs> to kind of bring that name back. Yeah. Um, they don't have to drink alcohol, but I just love <laughs> playing deals. around with yeah. that and you know calling it a mixed mixer
0: or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, best of yeah. luck with that. Thank you so much. That was Allison Thompson, founder and organizer of Mixed Feelings a group dedicated to building community among multiracial and multiethnic individuals through curated meetups and events. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.